still recording. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the twelfth episode of the Fins Down podcast. This is a remarkable sequence of events. John has fought from his grave. He, although he now you might notice he's going to fake cough for the next five minutes, but after that he will slowly recover. But the fact is, he is suffering from a really bad throat disease, and I don't know what it would what you would call it, but it's it's nasally. It's throaty, and it's it's really just bad for the whole body. And John couldn't sleep the last two nights. Yep. It's very so bear true. With him, bear with him if he starts wandering off into an abyss and starts talking about air fryers again. Okay? We're hoping that doesn't happen. But, John, please, tell me how you made it onto this podcast tonight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, everybody, feel a little, you know, feel a little under the weather. So, you know, if I cough, I apologize. Close your ears. Uh, you know, but yeah, so symptoms include, uh, sore throat, coughing, uh, moments of feeling like I'm dying and death. So, you know, bear with me, but this is episode 12 of Fins Down. I know we took a break last week. We didn't do an episode. I know all of you 1000 million fans were, you know, waiting anxiously to hear our beautiful voices and see our beautiful faces. So but welcome back. We're here. Not, you know, we're like 75% here because I'm sick, but. And one hello. thing we need to start doing with our episodes is give the date. It is the 3rd uh, of October in 2023. If it's 195 years from now and there's an apocalypse and somehow, you know, the last standing civilization takes hold of these clips. Hey, welcome to America. All right, we are here. Welcome. Cole Mueller, John Iredale, the real butter bar over there to my right or left, however the fuck this thing configures, and then I'm just fucking Cole, so not a famous just guy. Just Cole. No, no, nothing else, just just Cole Mueller. But besides being sick, John, I think we, we go to the – this is the 10th, or is this the 11th? This is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. This is the 11th. Unzip the sip. Oh, yes. So wait, wait. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. You're forgetting a crucial part of these podcasts, Cole. At least give me three minutes of a little bit of small talk. All right. There has to be some update to your life that the viewers, listeners, they want to hear. In two weeks. What's new? Uh, well, now that it's football season, my life ebbs and flows with how Jordan Love plays football. So uh, the Packers, you know. It's a stressful life, day in and day out. Packers Saints, we won by one point. Best day of my life. I was on cloud fifteen, and then the yeah. never was more hungover going to work the next day than I've ever been. And then, you know, three days later, Thursday, I got a rally. Go back to PS Tavern, the Packers Bar in Savannah. Shout out! And uh, Shout we out. kicked, and I I leave there at halftime when we're down twenty seven three. So it was tough, but. Besides that, I'm perfectly okay. I'm ready for Monday Night Football. All right. So, you know, yeah, a little bit of, you know, you know that there's some new things that happen in my life as well. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because, you know, I don't want you to get FOMO or anything like that. But we did have a special member of Fins Up come visit me and Alyssa down here at Richmond. 
you know, shout out to Tony Perone and uh, and Hannah Sullivan. Thanks for coming down to visit. We had a swell time. Uh, we only took about ten shots, so nothing crazy. Um, but I will blame that weekend on me being sick right now. A lot of staying up late, a lot of drinking. But you know, about the heart of it, it was just a lot of bonding. And you know, Cole, we wish you were there. We missed you. Have, you. you have a bonding disease, is what you have. <laughs> yeah, this is what this is. I had too much bonding, and I, my body cannot take it. It is not. Sure. It's not used to that much love in one weekend. But yeah, and then the Patriots lost the Cowboys terribly so. by 30, 35 points. By thirty-five points, um, not entertaining at all. Pretty much a sign that we suck as a team, and we need to rebuild. We need to rebuild, and that's. Yeah. I'm going to say that on there. It's true. All right, but without further, you know, ado is that, is that a, is that a phrase? Without further ado. Without further ado. Without further ado, let's move on to the 11th, as Cole mentioned, on Sip the Sip. And what we got here, dun dun, dun dun, dun dun, is a little pumpkin ale. Dogfish pumpkin ale is this week's Unsip the Sip, everybody. So, one, I mean, look at this design on this can. That's pretty sick. And, you know, it's, it's October. Everything's pumpkin. My my apartment's full of pumpkin stuff, pumpkin candles. We got pumpkin. We made pumpkin bread pudding when Hannah and Tony were here. <laughs> so everything's pumpkin. Pumpkin air freshener, pumpkin everything. Cinderella. She wrote in a pumpkin. So I'm really excited about it. I'm a big pumpkin guy. I love pumpkin. Yeah, I this, love was pumpkin this was John's choice, 100. percent And I'm okay with it because I figured we needed to do something different. It's it's October finally. It's probably best that yep. we waited one week from last week to start in October because I hate doing pumpkin shit in September, but I love Look, it in October. It is never too early to start pumpkin. You know, I don't care what people say. I am on that pumpkin craze. I love pumpkin season. It's not fall. It's pumpkin season. Let's be real. All right. Do you have, do you have a quick rundown of the company or are we going to open it first? Oh, you know, I do, but let, let, you know, let's open up the can. Three, Everyone two, wants to hear that. one. Okay, we, we were not in That's sync. That was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, one Cheers. sip, one with the rules. Mm. Okay. Don't give it away. Mm. Mm. Yep, serious face. Okay. Mm. Yep, mm -hmm. unbiased. Yep, okay, so... Well, I keep my poker face on with that delicious tasting drink. So pumpkin ale, a full bodied brown ale with smooth hints of pumpkin, brown sugar, and spice. The pumpkin beer you've known and loved since 1994. Named after the seriously off-centered Southern Delaware extravaganza, pumpkin chunkin, pumpkin ale, pumpkin ale is a full bodied brown ale with smooth hints of pumpkin, and brown sugar, thanks to our brewers, using real pumpkin meat, brown sugar, and spices. As the season cools, this is the perfect beer to warm up with. Uh, so it has 7% alcohol. <clears throat> its release is August through November. Original release date was 1995. Style, it says style, and all it says underneath it is pumpkin. 
I'm not sure what a pumpkin style is, but it's pumpkin style. Um, the colors medium amber to copper. Aromas, cinnamon, allspice, and nutmeg. Flavor, spicy notes of cinnamon, brown sugar, and pumpkin. Mouthfeel, full body with lingering spices and cinnamon tingle. Um, it recommends that you enjoy this in a pint glass. A good cheese pairing would be sharp cheddar. And good food pairings would be turkey, roasted duck, lamb, stuffing, dessert, and dessert dumplings. The fuck is uh, that? I, I don't know. Dessert I'm, I'm assuming like... I just picture a dumpling with like apples or something, you know, it's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's a chef thing. It's a real food. Um, but it's created by dogfish head craft brewery Inc. And they've been around since, uh, you know, 1995 to 2023. So that's, that's what I got, you know, uh, cool. What, what do you have for the people? So based off that one sip, I'll say, I just did my rankings for this, but I'm not going to tell them right away. But oh, you already did them. Yeah, I, I, you need to do them as well too before we start going because I know how your biases feel change your shit based on what I say. But anyway, you do them so fast. I can't do it that fast. Well, I, I think about it while you're doing your description. Um, uh, uh, yeah. I will say I could definitely taste the brown sugar. I noticed you said there was brown sugar in it. The spices, like it says, brown ale brewed with pumpkin and spices, and this is probably my first pumpkin beer I've ever had. So, like, really? I don't. I might have had one or two in the past, but like, it doesn't really stand out in my mind. Um, the yeah, I'm. I was very skeptic. Yeah. Skeptical. Skeptic. Skeptical. Skeptical. Seven percent. Seven percent alcohol. That's pretty tough. That, that's a lot. I feel like a badass right now. Um, <laughs> Are you already drunk? Is that no? It just gives me the freedom to fight. No. Yeah. 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 No. Um, I don't know if that's like a bad thing to say. I don't know. Is that like? Uh, no, I, I think it's. I think that's a great thing to say. Freedom cool. fighters you know are they offensive? I don't know. No. Uh, no. Don't want to offend anybody because we're in 2023, and you know what happens. We're not. We're not here to offend people. It's, we're it's we're here to spook season, and all of a sudden you get spooked or you get canceled. So you just don't want to be any of those. It, besides that point, John, dog. That's a good point. On t you know, speaking of getting offended and canceled, dogfish head. All right, dogfish head. The logo kind of looks like the shark. Maggie, Yo, yeah, Maggie the shark, right above my head, and so it's unique. I actually, Dogfish is a big company too. I don't know. I've never had it, mm -hmm. but I, I see their beer everywhere though. Yeah, I do too. I was going to say, I don't know if it's like an, a Georgia thing, but you've, you no, found it's here too. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and say taste. I really like it. I'm going to say 8.9. I think it's, I've never had a pumpkin beer and I'm actually my like, damn, this is, I was expecting this to taste like dog shit. I was, expecting this was to be like an IPA and I was going to spit it out and then trying it. I'm like, this is fucking good. Not, there's not a bad, like I like right now. Okay. There's I don't not, know what, there's not a bad aftertaste to it. it. It tastes like pumpkin and it's crisp too. It's not like a super heavy beer. It's a lighter pumpkin beer in my mind. Um, 
All right, I'm going to cut you off there. Look, I don't know what is happening in your brain space right now. I don't know if the Packers loss, you know, has destroyed your brain cells or your taste buds, but this is not a good pumpkin beer. I'm going to put it on the air. Dogfish, still sponsor us. Love you. But um, no, I give it a 7.2. John, Hello? you're Paulo Abdul and the Rainy Jackson of fucking no, drink. Your opinion his... is fucking worthless. I have had good pumpkin beers. Shipyard Pumpkin? That is the epitome. Okay, of you can beer. have multiple beers and enjoy both of them. Speaking see, from the I guy would... that had eleven beers ranked in the nines, <laughs> clown. I know. Listen, you can't even taste or smell right now. You have COVID twenty three. You you can't tell me what it tastes like, and when you haven't, I've, you know what I mean. I have COVID twenty four. I skipped a you year. You said seven point two. Seven point two. I say it's below the Sacagawea line for sure. Compared to other pumpkin beers, I do not taste pumpkin. I haven't lost all my taste. Let me tell you, I don't taste any pumpkin. I taste all right. So more IPA. You're fucking, you're <laughs> have a, all right, yeah. So dogfish, don't take this personally. You know, add an extra few points or something because I can't really taste. But right now it's a seven point two. I'm being honest. I love. I'm this. a realist. I'm, I'm I'm honest. I'm honest. I love. Um, this. But for for uh, appearance though, now I mean, look at that can. I'm gonna give a give you a nice close up right there. Look at those cool art things, you know? Like it looks like somebody drew that and put it on there. Yeah, it's like I artsy. Gave, I gave it a seven point nine. I what? here's the thing. It it's unique as a can. I didn't know what the fuck it said until it was in my fridge for a week and a half. I was I was like, hey, pumpkin ale. Because you said pumpkin. It's pumpkin, like pumpkin. pumpkin. Yeah, so don't really love that. It's like what but, you know, the southern people. You know, it definitely, it's got pumpkins all over, but it doesn't. It's kind of faded, like colors. You know what I mean? It's not really a. It's a splashy, flashy color. I would have liked yeah. it to be a lot more like flashy, like orange and green that pop out. Uh, that's the one thing I would say is that if it's if I'm drinking a pumpkin beer, I kind of want the the pumpkins to just stand out on the can. Uh, this doesn't it's kind of mm. faded and not black <laughs> and white but you can kind of just tell pumpkin ale i don't like the the font of the bullshit but can, okay can, can we just say bad. it literally says off centered art series that, that's cool like that's cool i don't know what that yeah, means some like scad student drew this shit so i feel <laughs> bad saying that shout okay. out hannah natalia balanova actually drew this that's cool. And she drew it. So I feel bad giving it a 7.9 because someone actually made this into like an art contest and they like won this thing. So yeah, Natalia, don't, you know, don't take it personally. Okay. Don't listen to me. All right. It tastes good. I don't care what it looks like. And just make sure you draw your oranges a little bit more orange next time, Natalia. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. It's a 9.3 for me, Cole. 9.3. I love... The look. It's fall. Fall's not supposed to be poppy. Fall is supposed to be dark. The oranges, the yellows, the greens, the browns, like very fall and autumn pagan, if you will, you know? It's, yeah, it's but cool. What I'm saying is that the oranges and the yellows and the greens and the browns don't stand out. Okay, but aside that point, um, utility. <laughs> utility, I'm going to go 8.6. And I say that because <laughs> what? here's why I say that. We are in October. 
And I have to, I have to say, if I was drinking this beer in fucking June, I would probably hit myself multiple times. Mm. Uh, but right now, we are October third, two thousand twenty-three. Okay, so you're taking time in consideration. Out. Yeah, because when are we drinking this? Like this thing is a seasonal beer. Yeah. Like I had, yeah. I had some angry orchard apple cider this past weekend because I wanted apple cider because it was fall, and that you know made mm. me happy. But I'm not drinking Angry Orchard apple cider unless it's fucking the month of October through December. Like, that's it. So I just, yeah, I would say because we are in October and it's crazy to think we started doing this thing like in June and July. I can't, I can't believe it. Because we are in October now that, hey, I'm going to give this thing 8.6. Again, it's not like the beer you can just drink 10 of. John always does the beach beers. But guess what? We're not in fucking summer anymore, John. Stop We're not. comparing beach beers to your utility. Look, I'm not. Look, I, my my score is a six point eight. Might hear me out. It's not because it's not a beach beer. All right. When I think of utility, I also think: Can you play games with it? Can you like? But if we're if we're if we're including it in a seasonal utility, if we're thinking seasonally, there's so many crisper, lighter pumpkin beers out there. This utility is more like. Hey, I'm gonna sit around a bonfire and grab, you know, a seven percent, you know, IPA. You know, that so you're chilling. I, I I just don't think I would ever reach for this and be like, man, I really want to drink this. Or hey, I, we can pour this for beer pong or something. Like, I don't think there's a lot of utility other than sitting around a campfire with your friends up in the mountains. You know. <clears throat> So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with my. What I say, six point eight. Yeah, yeah, I'm sticking with a six point eight. Okay, so to put that in perspective, Cole gave taste eight point nine. He gave visual seven point nine, and he gave utility eight point six. That rounds out to be an eight point five, eight point four five. But I'll round that's up. Good for you. That's I'll like that's my second best score. Wow. So. So that's right below Mom Water, as far as that's just above June Shine and Happy Dad. Now, John has seven point two taste, nine point three visual, six point eight. No, yeah, six point eight utility to round out at a seven point eight, which puts John at his fourth worst. So his mm-hmm. sixth best, which. He has it, you know, above the Bitburger beer. He has it above 1911 Tropical. He has it above Loyal. And <laughs> Everything is always going to be above Loyal. <laughs> loyal is the anti-Sacagawea line. Yeah. If you want to fucking hate a drink, I'm going to fucking... That thing fucking sucks, all right? It's so uh, bad. You have it a little bit below UFO. And, okay, you know, I'm not going to attack you for it. Um, but like so, I said, I, I'm I'm a little under the weather, you know. My taste buds are a little not as you know great, so you know we're 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 working with what we got here. Okay? Cole got a eight point five, and John's got a seven point eight. So hey, both are above the Andy Dalton Sacagawea Trail line. Yeah, every it's still above. It's and, I would still recommend buy. Yes, buy it, try it, and enjoy it because it's good and. If you've never had a pumpkin beer 
and you're skeptical like I was, I really like it. So I don't think why you, you how you could go wrong. Um, yeah, no, it's true. Rounding <laughs> out that segment, John, shall we transition to our catch a release? Yes. And first, I am first, very- foremost, first and foremost, I just had like a little bit of a lisp on that. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah, we, just a little bit. Questions. We don't have the questions prepared. We we, we, we I actually to, have nothing in my head right now. I know, so it's I know. Neither do I. Neither do I. I was about to like write them out to you, but I'm like, that's kind of weird for me to write out the questions for my girlfriend to for us to say. So I was like, why don't we just we'll off the cuff it, you know? And John, I don't want you to take it. I don't want you to take it easy on her, just because you know. Okay. She's I, I, I'm going to. I'm not going to take it easy. I know this, she means a lot to a lot you. She means a lot to me. This is a lot more fun if you are the the hard one. Like, you know what I mean? You're the one that asks the tough questions. It's a lot more okay, better. Well, I, it's, it's better. It's a better live TV. Reality okay, TV. Okay, well, you know, I'm not going to go easy. But, you know, you know her better. So do you want to introduce her? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I know her probably a little I think bit. You, I think you know her better. You <laughs> should know her better. <laughs> so, a little... A little of Olivia Lillian <laughs> Olivia Lillian Davitt born oh, Lillian born on March 30th 2000 the year that Walt Disney sailed the ocean blue wow congrats she was born and ever since then she's she's lived amongst the starry-eyed skies of America up in New York raining from Cornwall close to where me and John went to school. She went to Temple University, go Owls. Shout out Philadelphia, shout out Tony. Shout out Tony. She's like, hey, guess what? I'm really good at, you know, telling people to fuck off and, mm. and being being a badass bitch. So guess what she did? I'm gonna join the army. Yeah. And so, and that's not what she did, but that's not why she joined. But she joined the army. And now look, yeah. she's an army Speaking officer. Speaking of live. An army officer stationed at Fort Stewart, and she, you will catch her on the army's website for some great videos of her just talking about leadership styles and everything. She loves high noon. She Do loves. Love I have. She loves flaming hot Cheetos. She eats all of them in my pantry. Wow, but that is such a good introduction, Cole. Um, but you know, Liv, did you try it? Did you try the pumpkin ale? Did you? No, but I was waiting to try. Can I, am I able to give my reviews? Is that allowed yeah. or? Yeah, okay. yo, of course. Liv, you're, I, of course. I would like to preface this by saying I hate beer. It all okay. tastes like piss to me. So we'll see. Right. But what was, what was the rating you gave it? You don't know. Gold gave it a very high rating. Oh, we don't talk about it until. Oh, never mind. Okay, it's not bad. As far as beer goes, I guess. It's like when I smell it. Yeah, you, so you don't, you don't like IPAs. You know, it's too hoppy. I just don't like beer. Um, it's not an IPA, John. It's more of an IPA than just beer, dude. I okay, hate so it. It's 7%. It? Taste, visual, <laughs> and um, I know the third one, but I forget what you named it. Utility. Wow, you are the co-host girlfriend, and you don't know all three metrics. Listen, um, yeah, thank you. Did you just turn up the volume? What'd you do right there? That sounded so much better. I think I just talked a little louder. 
Talk a little louder, please. <laughs> Maybe just turn up the volume on your computer and you'll hear me. No, it's, it's for the audience. I'm not talking about for me. I'm doing this. You're the Wi-Fi that you're using sucks. It's your I'm Wi-Fi. Kidding. So <laughs> anyways, right. um, before Paul and I get into a fight on Zoom. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> we're, already, we're only two minutes in with you. And we're already fighting. Okay. Um, I would say taste. As far as beer goes, I would give it like a 7.8. Would I drink it again? No, I'd probably give it a 5.6. But I don't well, so like beer, so it's, no, it's that, relative. That's like it's her relative. thing. She's not going to buy it because she doesn't drink am beer. I, am I comparing it to a high noon? Or am I like for beer? I would say, yeah, like it's a 7.8 mm. as far okay. as I tasted beers. Compared no, that's to fair. like that's what fair. I like. He's, yeah. Yeah. Like, and no, this is Liv, I can, you would say you're pretty picky with, with drinks as far as I'm very you, I'm very you picky. only like high noons and a couple other types of seltzers or a cocktail. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I've got expensive taste, but I'm not ashamed yeah. to say it, you know? Yeah, don't um, be ashamed, Liv. Don't ever be ashamed. Thank you, John. We appreciate you're welcome. it. Um, yeah. I would say visual, visual is very high. I really like this. It's giving fall. It's very cute. I like the like little animated pumpkins. I would say visual. I'm gonna give it a nine point seven. I give it a nine. Uh, what was it? Three. Well, the benefit of this is we we ultimately don't need to rank it again with the <laughs> with the catch and release. Just be just for time's sake. We we want okay. to do this is a unique this is a unique episode where you actually get to try the drink. That we are All right. testing. I'll finish and, up and... utility. I would say six point two. Oh okay. wow! Yeah. Okay. Even that's, though it's October, pretty good. pumpkin beer. I mean, that's great. Utility. I don't really get pumpkin flavor. That's what I was saying. You don't get the pumpkin. Get the pumpkin. That that goes into the taste metric then. No, All I right. think it would be utility. But besides, besides that, we we're gonna start off. Are you familiar with the the podcast where we give the question <laughs> gauntlet, and then if you you do well in the question gauntlet. We will catch you and we'll keep you. We'll take you in ashore and we'll keep you for the rest of the episode. If not, we'll release you. And, and you will be kicked out of the house. You'll be, <laughs> yeah. You'll be Actually, watching. Cole will be sleeping on the couch. You'll be watching <laughs> Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows by yourself. I am. Right? With Lambo. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm very familiar as I sit next to you most podcasts and just wait for you to text me when you want another drink in the fridge. So that sounds that sounds misogynistic, and I actually <laughs> never do that. I never do that. I should, I've done it I'll, twice. I'll send I've done it twice. Shots from past I've done it twice, and it's because I know that oh. you're sitting there waiting for me to acknowledge the fact that you just wanted to get up, anyways. Um, okay, All right, so. John, go ahead with the first question. So, Liv, welcome yeah. to the Fins Down Question Gauntlet. Even though you're Cole's girlfriend, you will not get special treatment. So don't think you will receive any, okay? I feel like you'll be you could be released. What's that? I said I feel like I'm more inclined to be released due to that fact. Ooh. Oh, oh, Cole. Testy yeah. waters. Oh. All right. But question number one, Liv. How did you and Cole meet? We met off Hinge. We met from Hinge. He messaged me. 
Um, hinge, is, hinge is a beautiful spot. In can you, it's my it's my answer. God. So uh, he had swiped on my profile twice. The first time I saw him and I was like, he's too attractive. I think he's probably a douchebag. I couldn't be more true. But um, now hmm. that I know, but of course it's back then. And then I saw him the second time. And the second time was when I had already been in maintenance meetings with him. And I was like, he's, you know, he's a cute guy. And so I texted my friend and I was like, should I swipe right? She was like, yeah, like do it, do it for the memes. So I did it. And then he texted me back, glorious guns, which is our battalion motto. When he was drunk, I'm pretty sure with you. So uh, that's how we met. And then I, we awkwardly ignored each other for the first month whenever we saw each other in person. Um, Or it was, no, it was like probably like two or three weeks. And then he asked me out on a date. And we got drunk mm-hmm. together, and he fake proposed on that date. Do you remember that? Yeah, at PS Tavern. Yeah, we were trying to we were trying to act funny for a bunch of sixty year olds that thought we were married. So I was the like, "Yeah, we're married." Her real wedding ring, and then I don't know why she would do that, but she, I mean, obviously she asked for it back. <laughs> I wasn't gonna be like, "No, finders keepers," but I I thought that was surprising. Yeah, the upon that for, we we still ignore each other in person at work. We just stopped doing it like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Just, just to keep it low key. Not, not, not when we're like not at work. If that makes sense. Just our battalion commander knows that we're dating. Cole had to clarify that with him. Hey, hey, Cole. I think these are uh, Liv's answers here. Okay. Thank you, John. Yeah, Thank I you. Said, All right, Liv. Yes. What was your childhood celebrity crush? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I would say like Theo James was my celebrity crush in my early Theo teenage James? years. He's a Smeagol from, from Divergent. What? Oh, I thought Theo James was Sneagle from Schmeagle. No, he was not. <laughs> that wasn't very funny. Who? Who? What? Who's? Who's Theo James? I thought Theo James was actually Sneagle. Are you stupid or? <laughs> Divergent. Divergent four, the hot dude with all the tattoos uh, down his back, and he—it's with um, Shailene Woodley. You know Aaron Rodgers' ex-fiance. Yes. She dates. No, him I know Shailene. I do know Shailene Woodley. Yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> I've gotten. I've one person said I looked like her, and it was the biggest compliment ever. So. Because you thought you were like Theo James, like in your dream. Like you were yeah, with or Aaron Rodgers worthy. So absolutely. Absolutely. That's something to be happy about. Have you All gotten right. the COVID vaccine? Yes, I have gotten the COVID vaccine. Are you, are you fully vaxxed or half vaxxed? I am fully vaxxed with, I don't think it with a booster without a booster. Okay. I think? just, yeah, I think I just know. got both doses. What is the most annoying thing that Cole does? um he often just won't answer whenever i'm talking to him and it's funny the girl that he works with i went into his office like a week or two ago when she was still there and she asked cole a question and cole completely ignored her and i went up to her and i was like you know yeah and i was like 
Kitty, <laughs> does he just ignore you too? And she was like, yes, he does. He just ignores me whenever I say anything to him. And it's funny because I always see these TikToks and it's like, who else's boyfriend leaves him unheard? And I will literally say something. He is the most selective hearing I've like ever met in person. So unless I say something like very um, pointed to his specific interests and he's on his phone or he's multitasking, it's like never. So it's funny because Katie Curtis, his coworker, a couple of weeks ago was like, I thought he hated me when I first got here because he would never answer what I was saying. So it's not the that's probably the most I annoying do. thing, especially when I'm annoyed and I'm trying to get an answer and he just won't answer me. I mm. do have sports appearing and it's because I can't multitask. Sorry. That's true. Uh, what is what is your favorite thing that Cole does? Mm. I would say that Cole is very thoughtful. I probably gotten some of the best mm. gifts from him. He, mm. although he doesn't listen very well day to day, he will, I will tell him stories. I have a very bad memory. I will tell him stories and he will be like, I've heard this five times, <laughs> but he'll <laughs> listen to things. He does like process it. Sometimes he just won't answer. <laughs> so that's the most annoying, but the best part is that he does process it. And I will say something later down the line, like very specific. And he's like, I remember you told me that. And so, yeah, he's got a good memory and he does listen, although not respond. So it's like a dual. You love it and Liv, you hate it. <laughs> Liv, what's your, what's your uh, favorite and least favorite bar in downtown Savannah? Um, my favorite bar is Rail. Love Rail. Shout out, uh, Rachel. My least favorite bar, I really don't like. Ah, uh, like poor Larry's are totally awesome. You don't like poor Larry's? Totally no, awesome is fun. I just don't like it. It's just I feel like I'm in a dungeon. It, they're yeah, both it's, basement it's like one dollar beers, but it's a fun dungeon. I don't drink beers. Yeah, but it's like one dollar high noon. I just and you just said rail. Okay, let's. You just said rail because that's Cole's favorite bar. No, it's not. Cole, have I said this we so much? We talked to you before this no, podcast. They said you better be the favorite. old person that says rail. Liv's favorites do align with mine. Like, she does love Grove. She does like Social. She likes Barrel. She likes Electric Moon. She likes Top Deck. Like, it's... Rail, first time I'm hearing that she doesn't like Corollaries. I also like mm. Rail because it's like... You can go upstairs and it's a totally different vibe than being outside. It's more like casual outside and uh, upstairs. It's a little bit more packed, but it's a lot of fun when you're super drunk. Like St. Patty's Day, I had the best time at Rail. In uh, we spent, we spent like six hours. Like dancing next yeah, to we, you. We spent a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so much fun. Liv, how many kids do you want? Kids? Mm, yes. I'd say two. No more than four. If you were to have a boy, what would his name be? It's funny. We actually talked about this the other day, but it was a girl's name, and Cole's adamant about his girl's name. Um, a boy. Oh, oh no. okay. Then change the question. If it was a girl, what would the girl's name be? I love Collins from The Blind Side, one of the main characters. Oh. Her name is Collins. I really like Collins. I like Ryan as a girl's name. Cole wants Kaylee Claire. Is that right? Kelly, Kaylee. Yeah. Kaylee, Kaylee Claire. Yeah. And I, mm. I just fucking hate that name. I don't like it at all. 
and whoever the mother of my kids is is gonna love that name. <laughs> I'll say a prayer for her. I don't know what she's gonna do. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I haven't thought of a boy's name, but I do know that when I do have, a, if I have a boy, if I'm lucky enough, I would, his middle name would be Don after my father who passed away. So I would name his middle name Don. Mm. I don't know what his first name would be. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I heard John's a good first name. So I do like John. No. That's yeah. a, that's John's a great name. John Coleman and then John Donman. John Don. John Coleman yeah. and John Don. John Too Don. easy. I feel like John Don. I John <laughs> Don, JD. Yeah, John that's Don. a ring John to Don. it. I like John Don. I'm telling um, you, that's it's a sick name. Or Donnie John. Um, Don John. Don Don. <laughs> Donnie John John. <laughs> okay. What's what's the hardest part about being a woman? Mm-hmm. In a man in a predominantly masculine profession, and we'll get into this later in the podcast. But but just you know, off the cuff, off the cuff, off the cuff, I would say you just go in. I think if you took like a man and a woman, it you just like the man automatically gets more respect. If you have like no credentials, you're just comparing the two. I think the woman has to prove herself a little bit more. Um, if you like going as equals, I would say that's yeah. probably the more annoying thing. Um, but then I think once you prove it in yourself, it doesn't really matter. But I just think, yeah, especially with males predominantly as your subordinates, then they just go towards the yeah. male. Mm-hmm. Follow up. If me and John are on a burning boat. I was just about <laughs> to ask this question in a <laughs> different you, way. And you can only save one of us. Which one are you saving? I, this yeah. is such we're going we're gonna to word this differently because I already know the answer to it. Liv, who is the better host for Fins Down? This is, this is tough. Um, I would say, I, John, like, I feel like you're the better host. You make all the products. Uh, that's, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I was like, John, because... He, this podcast doesn't happen without John. <laughs> John, yeah, John puts in well, all the It's John as host and Cole as co-host. You know, I'll take that, I'll take that fucking. No, we're both hosts. We are, Cole, you're the creative director. This podcast wouldn't have happened. The idea of this podcast wouldn't have came if it wasn't yeah. for Cole. But I will agree I'm slightly better as a host. Um, uh, where do you want to live when you get out of the army? I would, I would like to live in North Carolina. It's a beautiful state. Yes, and I, I think would that's like to recent. stay on the East Coast. That's recent for her. No, it's not. You, you've been wanting to live in North Carolina for like a long time. Yeah, I mean, I like that's where I would prefer to be, but I don't have like a set. Air. If I was like gun to my head right now, pick a state to live in, I would say I would like to live in North Carolina. But I'm not like limited to that. Kind of wherever hmm. Cole goes after the army is the plan what is your, for right now. What is your stance on guns? Speaking of guns to your head. Hmm. Glorious guns. My stance on guns. My hmm. stance is um, you like should have them to protect your home. 
if you are mentally stable and have a thorough background check done on you. I don't think you need... I don't, I don't really know, like, to be honest, I don't really know guns that well. But I think if you have, like, a automatic mm. weapon or a semi-automatic weapon that can fire, like, a whole... Well, what is... What I'm asking magazine, is, like... Then what's, no. your, what's your stance on guns? Like, what do you stand like? Well, don't change what? up the question now that you that asked was my something. Question. That was my question. No, I wasn't it? trying to get political. My political stance. No, I was asking what's your... Move. Moving, moving on. <clears throat> uh, Liv, are you familiar with slap kiss, marry kill? Oh, am I familiar? Yes. No, slapping, right, so, slapping kiss, marry kill, John. Yeah, that, pretty, sure. pretty sure that's what I said. Slapping slap kiss, marry kill. <laughs> Since it's uh, we're PG thirteen, uh, we don't say the other word. So, um, <laughs> slapping kiss, marry or kill. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Uh, the guy who you said, who was your childhood crush? Theo James. Theo James. Yes. Or Chris Hemsworth. Ooh, this is tough. Um, I would mm -hmm. say Mary, Theo James. I would mm -hmm. slap and kiss Chris Hemsworth, and then I would, ki I would kill Ryan Gosling. What? Wait, why? Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Which one was it? Ryan Gosling. Why, why would you kill Ryan Gosling? Um... He's my I spirit just, animal. He is the better I, looking version of me. I know you've gone. I know. You can not say you're going to kill me, Liv. Listen, I, you know, I'm. He had tattoos. Did you see that one movie? Man, Drive? Can... He had tattoos. <laughs> if you had tattoos. I, <laughs> I just, I don't uh. think he's. Okay. If you had one TV show that you had to get rid of between the two, The Office or Game of Thrones, which one are you keeping? Which one are you getting rid of? Game of Thrones. Can't exist. You what? Keeping Game of Thrones. Ooh. <laughs> I know you hate that answer and I'm sorry about it, but. I don't hate it. I respect it. I We respect everyone's opinions, but we don't like them, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, all right, Liv. You've, you've walked through the question gauntlet. Some would say you ran. Some would say you crawled. Some would say you jumped. But the point is, is you're through. You're done with the question gauntlet. You've survived. But the real, for now, for now. And not just because you're Cole's, you know, significant other. Until partner, the wife all breaks off. Roommate. Um, whatever you, you know, Lambo's caretaker, Lambo's mom. Um, but live. Where is hold up? Where is Lambo right now? Wow, I was he, being very dramatic and you ruined it. I'm very last I saw him, he was laying down next to the couch. <clears throat> okay, never mind. Sorry, I was right. nervous. Liv, do you want to swim in our ocean? I would love nothing more than to swim in your ocean, John and Paul. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Liv, it was close. Not going to lie. Yeah. When you said you are going to kill Ryan Gosling, I almost just <laughs> dropped it right there. John, I wouldn't have faulted you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she could have went to another beer if we kicked her she off. Would have, she would have thought it was me. She would have thought it was me until, until I died. All right. Quick, quickly, I'm going to transition perfectly. Speaking of Ryan Gosling, let's talk the sports mm. take of the week. Sports right. take? So something, John, you are familiar with, and honestly – Liv knows a lot about football just from the last, you know, 
eight months that she's kind of been around me. She knows quite a bit about the NFL. She knows a lot eight about the Packers, but she knows wow. specifically a lot about what I have done with my research on football and how much I put into it. But, you know, John, we've done these segments. We've talked AFC power rankings. We've talked NFC power rankings before the season started. We are four weeks through the this season. So we are one quarter done. You know, we're going to go through a quick progress report first quarter. So really quick, like, what do you think so far about how the NFL season has unfolded, John? And then I'll go to Liv. I'm going to say that it's it hasn't been that surprising. I want to be completely honest. I mean, there's one team that surprises me the most, and that's the Bengals. I'm pretty sure that surprised everybody by their performance. Um, the fact that the Bengals are strength, struggling as much as they are. You thought they were, you know, they've been to the Super Bowl. They've been to the playoffs. They got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, you know, who's supposed to be a top fantasy player. You got Joe Mixon. They have weapons. They have a good team. And yet they're struggling. Um, so that's really the biggest surprise for me. Uh, Pats, I knew they were going to struggle. I didn't know they were going to struggle this bad. But I knew they were going to struggle. Chiefs are still doing great. Cowboys still doing great. I think Ravens are looking pretty fire. I think they're looking a, better, a little bit better than I thought they were going to look. I still thought they were going to look good, but they look better. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to go through every team, but other than that, I you know I can't think Eagles obviously killing it. You know they've been to the Super Bowl. You better expect them to be you know decent. Yeah. Um. But other than that, there's not there's not really any surprises to me. I know I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be up for debate. But there's only a few teams that really surprise you know their performance with me. Liv, what about you? Um, well, I don't know much about other football teams, but I can talk about the Packers. So I'm <laughs> not the biggest fan of seven-hour commercial-free Sunday football. Uh, <laughs> but anyways. My um, girlfriend's not either, so it's okay. Yeah. She, she hears that music, and she's like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, breaking I, up with I you. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a little cold. Um. I okay, Volume. so my take speak up. My take on the Packers these past couple weeks is that it looks like they're doing re- really well in the second quarter, and this is what I told Cole this earlier this week is that it seems as though they don't perform well unless there's this looming pressure over them to really step up their game. And uh, when we went to the Atlanta Falcons game, they like fumbled it at the last minute. Um, not the ball, but the <laughs> the game, obviously. Uh, and so I, it's a good pun. And so I just feel like if they're in a good position, they tend to like slack off and not play up to the level that they potentially could. And then once the other team is like stepping it up, they're like, "Oh shit, we need to get it together." So Jordan Love is doing really well in the second half, and he's kind of like making these more um, like riskier throws, and he's being a little bit more accurate with the ball. I know, um, like, Watson was injured the past couple of weeks, so you didn't have him. It was just Romeo Dobbs who was the receiver. But he's throwing these, yeah, like, these riskier balls, so higher risk, higher reward. But he's not doing that in the first half. And they're, I don't even think they got a first down in the first half last game. So it's uh, like they just – the end of the second quarter. I think they're playing comfortably until they feel like they're about to lose the game or there's 
a possibility of that happening, and then that's when they step it up, and they just can't do that. They need to get points on the board earlier in the half. Yeah. I mm. And I, I agree with Liv. I'd say one thing, though, is the first two weeks were the exact opposite. The Packers were not great under pressure. They dominated the Bears on all phases, so that was a game they just won. And then <laughs> 17 points. And then they play the Falcons. They're winning by 12 points into the fourth quarter, and then they just let that game slip away. They didn't play good by any means throughout the game, but they played much better than the Falcons. They just didn't stop the run. Uh, And credit to the Falcons for actually running the ball and not giving up on the pass. But then the last two games, exactly what Liv said, we just we waited until it was too late, and then we went on a clutch comeback run for both games. One was too much to come back from, and then one we won. But anyways... Fuck the Packers. Love them to death. Um, what I said, John, I agree with you on the Bengals. Crazy shocker. Something that I had on power rankings, I had the Buccaneers as my 15th ranked team in the NFC and my third worst team in the NFL. But and they're looking at the Bengals at three and one. <clears throat> you can't tell me the Bengals aren't primed for a playoff spot with that NFC South division. And I'm not saying it's. It's way too early to talk playoffs, but specifically to to tell people like, hey, you're not going to make the playoffs. Like, hey, people wrote the Buccaneers off, and I did too. I'll be the first one to admit I was fucking wrong. I had the Rams as my 13th worst team in the NFC and my 28th ranked team – or my 27th ranked team in the NFL. And look at the Rams. The Rams are 2-2. and They're scoring points. Like, but they're a good football team. Are the Rams two and two or they're three and one? I don't know if I think they might be three and one. Regardless, the Rams are scoring points. They're playing good football. They just had that overtime win against the Colts where they were up twenty three zero, let the Colts come back. But the Rams are more resembling of the Super Bowl team they were two years ago than they were the team last year where they fell apart. So people need to stop. Thinking the Ram, you know, Matthew Stafford's back. That team's not injured anymore. Cooper Cup's coming back from injury this week. You have a lot to worry about with them. Uh, but yeah, I think the Bengals, you're worried about them as far as can they come back. They play the Cardinals this week. Cardinals are no slouch. If Bengals fall to one and four, you're really worried about them in the AFC. The Jets, all of a sudden, they oh, popped up. They're one and three. They could have been two and two by just a few plays. You know, Sunday night football this past this past week, but they're one in three. All this hype about Aaron Rodgers coming back this season, it's all for nothing if he doesn't have a chance to be in a playoff run. So if the Jets can't get to a point where they can make the playoffs without Aaron Rodgers, there's no reason for him to come back. And that's my issue with I love Aaron Rodgers and I want the Jets to make the playoffs. But and I do believe Aaron Rodgers can make make it back before the Super Bowl or like, but in the playoffs, I think Aaron Rodgers can make it back by the end of January for the start of the playoffs for the Jets. But I don't think the Jets can make the playoffs in the AFC this year. And that's what sucks about it. Um, Yeah, really. I just think you go through progress reports. I'm not, I got like one more minute left. I'm just going to spiel it off. Seahawks look good. Eagles don't look good. Eagles, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go plus minus on teams. I think plus they're over exceeding expectations or under exceeding minus. Eagles okay. minus 49ers plus Cowboys plus yeah. Seahawks yeah. plus Giants fucking big minus Lions 
Lions, big plus. Vikings, yep. I'm going to say minus, but I think they're minus. back in. They're going to be back in it in a few weeks. Vikings are not. Packers, I'm going to give them a fucking plus. But if they fucking lose to the Raiders, they're a fucking minus. They're a minus, yeah. I'm a barely a plus. Um, Saints, minus. Bears, minus as fuck. Panthers, minus, minus. Plus. Commanders, plus. Rams, plus. Falcons, if they didn't have Desmond on their team, if they didn't have on their team, they'd be a fucking <laughs> and just equal side, just nothing. <laughs> Buccaneers plus, plus Cardinals plus. All right, so NFC, they're so bad, they're so bad, they're so, they suck. No, Romeo Dobbs, he looks looks decent. NFC looks okay. All right, really yeah. quick on the AFC, Bills plus as fuck. That was my Super Bowl pick. Remember that. Chiefs, I have as a plus. Bengals minus yep. Jets. Minus Chargers, minus Ravens, plus Dolphins, plus as fuck. Jaguars, yeah. barely plus. Steelers, minus as fuck. Browns, plus Patriots, minus as fuck. Broncos. <laughs> Sad. John Gallagher saying how the, the Patriots are going to be so fucking good. Yeah, it kicks my ass. They're so bad. Get, get him on camera. Get me on camera saying that John Gallagher kiss my ass. Saying he's going to come John. me in Savannah this fucking year. You wish. I'm going to say he doesn't mean it. Love them. <laughs> um, Broncos, minus. Raiders, yep. uh, minus. Titans, right, yeah. Titans plus. Colts, plus. Texans, plus as fuck. Texans are my least yeah. ranked team in the AFC, 16 out of 16. And guess what? They're doing good. It's fun. Yeah. This is a fun NFL season. I think there's a lot of teams that we wrote off, and they're playing well. And then there's a lot of the powerhouses that are getting it together. Some are still playing dominant football, but – all throughout the league, you're watching teams that can beat anybody. And every single week, you're looking at some good gambling money lines that you're looking at like a three-point favorite, two-point favorite. And like you're not seeing a lot of 14-point favorites. And when you do, that team beats the other team. It's crazy. A lot of these games are well, not fucking. We were literally just talking. Okay, so the Rams record is 2-2. Two and two, And they lost against the Bengals. Rams, good team, losing against Bengals. Obviously not a very good team this season right now. Like you said, it's the beginning, whatever. But they're not playing, you know, to their fullest potential. <clears throat> you got the Texans. You mentioned the Texans with with Stroud and Nikki Collins. Like they're like that dynamic duo is going on. It's a lot similar to like you know, uh, like he's found his receiver. This receiver feels comfortable. They got that connection. Um, I'm trying to think of other like you know with the Seahawks. You don't see a lot of stuff. I mean, you got some old stars like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. I would say he's becoming more and more of a veteran. But then you got Kenneth Walker, that you know, the running back, doing very well this season. Uh, Geno Smith making some big plays. Um, I mean, I would say probably the biggest one. One of the bigger upsets that we haven't talked about was probably Bryce Young with the Panthers. Probably thought he was going to do a little bit better. Maybe he doesn't have as many weapons. We can argue. Jesse, I love you. Shout out. But we kind of, you know, shit on the Patriots a little bit. So we're going to shit on the Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, they could do better. They can do better. Um, but you're right. It's still it's still early. But I still think you can kind of – the power the power rankings are shifting, you know? Yeah, I'd say AFC, it's still like you're – it sucks. Like the Patriots, you're looking at yourself at one and three, and you're just – you feel hopeless right now. We're done. And that sucks. It sucks to be four weeks in the season and feel hopeless. But like I said, I don't think the Patriots season's over, but it looks it looks bleak. 
in the NFC. And that's because the, the AFC. Right now, What's up? I said he's just twisting the knife right now. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. Especially after that Cowboys game. It. Oh, yeah. my gosh. The, the was... NFC is different. The NFC is different because you don't really see a team that's like that team is not stopping. I mean, besides the 49ers. And I think the Cowboys are playing hot football right now. The Eagles are playing cold football, but they're a really good team. So I, those three teams are still the powerhouses. But NFC behind them, teams can make moves. So we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, that's what I got for this week. You know, in four weeks, we'll do another – we'll do a half progress report, you know, eight weeks mm-hmm. in to the NFL football season, and we'll fucking see what's happened. If you want to hear more about sports, go check out Cole Mueller's and Kyle McComber's. 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 Maycomber's. <laughs> Maycomber's podcast. Uh, what's it called? Eminem. Eminem going deep. I have – Eminem I going deep. on every platform. It's on. There's a lot of editing work into it, just like John puts it into this. This is a phenomenal podcast. I'm not going to say listen to that over this because I'd be wrong. But if you like sports and you don't like everything else that we encompass because we're an all-inclusive podcast, then you can check out sports. But- yeah. So Eminem Going Deep featuring Cole and Kyle. If you want more sports, go check them out, especially on Spotify. Go follow. Give five stars. Um, but you know, moving on to a segment – that's a little bit more in tune with me. Not to say that I'm not good with sports, but you know, I, I don't know as much as Cole, obviously. Um, now, what gets me really going is cooking. This one better be good. This one better be good, John. This part um, well, of the week better be fucking phenomenal. Well, you know, like we said in the beginning of the episode, I've been dying. You know, my symptoms include sore throat and dying. So, um, you know, I haven't had a lot of time to really think about uh, <laughs> the butter bar bite of the week. And I know the butter bar has been stagnant. All right, I want to apologize. I want to, you know, list out a formal apology, everybody. To all the Butter Bars out there who believed in me and loved me and are my fans. I'm sorry that I have not posted. It's been busy. Transitioning's been crazy. Um, you know, but it will pick back up, you know? Why are you shaking your head? What do you, what do you got to say? Don't, don't out yourself like that, John. No one noticed. No one noticed until you said something, all right? Everyone... Oh, because guess what? Everyone's got a busy life. So every, as soon as you post a Butter Bar episode or a Butter Bar, you know, Stump the Chef, whatever you post, people are going to be like, oh, we're right back to where we left off. They're not going to feel I, like you I've just gave noticing. up. What? I've been, I've been noticing. I went, on your, I went on your website the other day for the chicken pot pie recipe, and it was not posted. I was very disappointed. I know. I am behind. I yeah. think the last time I posted was like two weeks ago. It's that. And Liv, was, Liv and, was afraid to ask you for the epi- for the fucking. She was like, John and Alyssa don't want to provide the the recipe. Like they're too busy. Not, they don't want to provide it because we asked no. you over the phone, and then you guys didn't provide it. And she's like, they don't want to provide it. Cole, we'll figure it out. And I was like, Liv, I'm gonna tell John. She's like, no, 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 I'll figure it out. And guess what? Was it good? The though? butter was bar. It good? The butter bar left Cole and Liv hanging on the pot pie. Okay, definitely not Cole. <laughs> Cole I hear that all you did was shut the chicken, Cole. So I don't, I don't even want to hear. <laughs> and he was he was mad about that. He was like, oh, "This is the hardest part." I had to clean all the dishes. Because I, I put my effort in that shit. Cole's theory. <laughs> Cole's theory on cooking is whoever cooks also does the dishes. And guess who? Wow. That's a, first, you make her bring you beers during the podcast, and then you make her cook and clean. All right. What kind of household are you holding here, Cole? 
if I'm asking to fucking cook, I'm not asking to cook. So like, if you're gonna cook, like, oh, I want to eat a cooked meal on Tuesday. Like, guess what? I just want to eat fucking popcorn and some pickles. So I don't need. Even though Cole eats the meal I cook for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't cook it for me though. You cook it for yourself, and I have some. That's the difference. I made you a different meal. I made you eggs, and I bought you cauliflowered rice, and you left the full bowl in the sink. And guess who cleaned it? <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, John, that was, that was beautiful. Bite of the week. Speaking All right, of that, well, see, this is very you know we like to describe ourselves as unscripted, so this is this is going to be extremely <laughs> unscripted. So. I was thinking, you know what? Let's do like a couple related butter bar bite of the week, food related uh, type of question for couples here. Uh, so this is going to be between you two, you know? I think people really liked the last one when I said, what was your, you know, top favorite food memories? And we did that with Pearson. People really enjoyed that segment. So something similar with this, you know, food is dear to me and I want it to be dear to other people. It, you know, it affects your emotions, it affects your memories, it affects your time. It, Food affects a lot of things in your life, right? And so, you know, and I think this is also a very interesting question when I ask this. But Liv, so this is, you know, first I'm going to ask you, mm. if coal were a food, what food will he be and why? If, if you were to describe coal as a food, and that means his personality, the, you know, how he carries himself, his looks, everything, what food will he be? And why would you describe him in that way? Hmm. This is a tough question. I, originally, I was just going to say broccoli. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, because he's just got no carbs. <laughs> um, what would I say Colt would be? Uh I would say Cole is like buffalo wings. Yes. Bone in or boneless? <laughs> bone in. <laughs> it's like bone in buffalo wings. Why would you describe Cole as a basket of bone in buffalo wings? Um, I, I would say I just think he's got like a little kick to him. He's a little sassy. Um, <laughs> he's got a big personality, so you get a ton of flavor there. Um, he's just like very colorful person too. He's just got a big personality. He's very eccentric. He will always let you know what he's thinking, but in the best way. And he always like makes people laugh and have a good time. And I feel like wings always just like bring people together. And I think that encompasses him. I was going to say the same thing. Buffalo wings brings the party together, you know? And Cole's that guy that brings everyone together. He makes everyone have a good time. When you're done eating the wings, you want more, you know? Like, I don't mean that. <laughs> Obviously, I don't mean that in a, you know, sexual way. I mean that in a friend way. <laughs> that you, once you hang out with him, you want to hang. Phone in because Cole loves orgies. That is information I did not need to know. I hope he doesn't. No, no, I think what well, Cole, what do you think of her representation of what did do you agree with Buffalo Wings? Yeah, I I'm kind of this is a, a long lost language that I've never spoke is relating people to food. So I'm just yeah. I'm kind of 
equilibrating right now and seeing where I'm at as far as what that actually means to me. But yeah, that was sweet, Olivia. All right, cool. If you were to describe Olivia as a food, you have to remember you have to take in her personality, her looks, what she brings, the you know everything about her. What would you describe her as? She's a she's a cookies and cream ice cream. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing, ice cream is sweet, so she's she's sweet, mm-hmm. and everyone's down for ice cream. Olivia's always down for. You know, what does she want to do? Does she want to like, she's, hey, let's, I'm like, let's, go to the, let's go to the park <laughs> on Saturday. Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm, that'd be fun. Like she's a very go with the flowy person and she's mm. open to new ideas. Similar to like, like if we're trying to think about what to do, like she's like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds fun. So she's not like a very closed minded, like we have to do this, which is more of like a, a toaster strudel or a. Mm. Because they're closed, you know what I mean? Or ravioli. She's a a cookies and cream ice cream. She's a mold. And that's what I would say is sweet and thoughtful, but she's thoughtful in the way of like, hey, you want ice cream, so I'm thinking of it. And you're definitely thinking of me too. You know what I mean? That's kind of what we're thinking (laughs) about. So that's what I would say. I've been dreaming about that ice cream we got from... Dairy Queen the other day. Oh, John, if you and Alyssa have not got the hot cocoa, what was it? The hot cocoa blizzard? Yes. Was it good? It well, was what's, so good. What's it in was, it? it? I would have never thought it would be good. I would have never thought. I was like, she's an idiot for getting that. And then I got my own, I got my own, like every single time we go to Dairy Queen, she gets a better flavor than me. And I get pissed. Well, what's, what's, the, what's in the hot cocoa one? It's like, so it's, I think it's chocolate ice cream with just Oreos in it, but I asked for extra Oreos because they always chip out, but then yeah, they, they, they like mimic the whipped cream on top, but it's actually the icing they put around their cakes. Ooh. If you know what I'm talking about, it's so good. You have that to That sounds get so it. good. It tastes exactly <laughs> like a very chocolatey, um, hot cocoa. It's really yeah. good. Um, was that what, what do you think of his? What do you think of his representation of you, Liv? I think that's good. I think um, I don't really know how like cookies and cream is easygoing, but I I like the creativity and I think it's sweet. And um, yeah, I applaud you for the effort. So now we're gonna flip it, Liv. What would you describe yourself as a food? As a food, I would say I'm like a pepperoni pizza. Um, mm. because I don't really know, but I just like pepperoni pizza. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be therapeutic. Why would you describe yourself as a pepperoni pizza? It's, it's because Liv probably ordered a pepperoni pizza on Uber Eats like second. <laughs> it's actually on its way right now. <laughs> Donor pizza. A, I'm a pepperoni. I'm a pepperoni pizza because it's like very comfort food. And, um, yeah, people eat a lot, like, in their house, and they're just chilling out. And I feel like I'm kind of, like, a mellow person. I like to, obviously, go out and go get drinks. But I like spending, like, I I like the vibe when I eat pizza. It's more relaxed. More down down the earth. More relaxed. Yeah. 
Good call. All right. Good call. Cool. What would you describe yourself as a food? I'm a mixture of like a pistachio, uncracked, and mm. ramen. You've been eating pistachios. No, don't tell me what I'm doing. So you said uh, uncracked un- pistachios and ramen? Yeah, uncooked ramen. <clears throat> Just why? Because I'm getting ready to cook. Ah, you haven't been cooked yet. Your potential has I been released. Yeah, I'm getting ready to cook. I'm about to be cooking. He's cooking. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I – yeah, 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 I get that. Okay, so the reason I did this with you folks, right, is, um, you know, so some people say what you describe yourself as a food and what your partner describes yourself as a food is should be the perfect balance of a meal, right? So, Liv, you said you describe yourself as a pepperoni pizza and Cole described you as cookies and cream ice cream. I see that's a perfect pair. I think, you know, when you have pizza, you have ice cream. When you have pizza, you know, you have like, you got something to cool down, the spiciness of the pepperoni. I would personally say that's a good, that's a good pairing. Now, now Cole. Broccoli, broccoli and pistachios. <laughs> so, Cole with <laughs> buffalo wings, pistachios, <laughs> and dried ramen. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Cole, you, got, you either got to do some soul searching. Or you... That's good, man. Oh, it's delicious. <sighs> but, you know, that's... Oh, well, what did I say I am? Yeah, what would you say you are? I would say... The cow testicle mixed with a jellyfish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cow testicles with, with ranch. No, it's like um, I would describe myself as a taco. I, you know, and not just any, not a specific taco, right? Because I like, you know, the thing about tacos is that there's so much variety with tacos. There's so much you can do with tacos. They're exciting. You can have them on a date. You can have them when you're like watching a game. There's anything you can like tacos to me are the most like accessible, versatile versatile food. And I like to be a versatile person. I don't like to be limited to doing one thing. There's a lot of things I like to do. There's a lot of hobbies I have. There's a lot of like, you know, I wouldn't say I would describe myself as, oh, I am this title, you know, like, oh, I am a, you know, like some people would say, you know, I, you know, they describe themselves in one word, like I'm a hipster. I'm this, I'm that, you know what I'm saying? Like I am, I'm just John who likes to do a bunch of stuff, who's been to a bunch of places, who likes to talk to any type of person. Like I'm versatile. Like a taco. Okay. That's good. Thank you. That's a good Thank you. Speaking of tacos and versatility, should we transition to our next segment, which relates to anything <laughs> of the shark bank, business ideas, oh. mania, Going from selling asteroids or mining asteroids to Roombas for your attic? Is that what it was? Or was it Roombas for your your air ducts? I don't even know. Your vents, yeah. Or Who said that? I don't remember that. What was Pearson's? Pearson's was good. Pearson's was good. Pearson oh, the barber app thing? Yes. A rover for barbers. Barber rover. Go watch the last episode. Genius business idea. It make I'm millions. I'm still trying to do that idea. I'm down for it. But 
Yeah, so again, with that, John's got all of them so far. Mr. Wonderful <laughs> himself. I'm Mr. So, Wonderful. I'm, Mr. I, Wonderful. I'm John I'm Cuban. Cuban. I'm Mr. You're Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. He doesn't even remember. All right, okay, live. John please. Cuban. Mr. Wonderful. This Hello. is my pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many women out there who are mm-hmm. well versed and they know what is wrong with their car. There are also many women, including myself, who don't know what's wrong with their car. Mm-hmm. I have had the little wrench light on on my dashboard for the past six months. I think it's just because Walmart forgot to fix it, but I don't know. My my um wheel shakes whenever I step on the brakes too hard. So I think it's time for a brake change. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say Walmart forgot to fix it? Yes. Walmart had an oil change in Lawton, Oklahoma. Mm. Continue. Shout out, shout out to my friend Caroline that both of you have met who taught me how to change, not change, but just put air in my tires. I was amazed. I had no idea. Pump goes up to what, 32? 31? Depends on the car. Depends on the tire. Yeah. Well, I hope that's what my car needs. I don't know. <laughs> so this is my idea. Gentlemen, there's also many men out there who don't know what's wrong with their car. My idea is that we produce an app that, so like the, how the dashboard indicates what's wrong for your car. They put a chip and that wires everything to the chip and the app on your phone will tell you what exactly is wrong with your car. That way, when you go to the auto body, you are able to tell them, hey, this is wrong with my car, and I have time to Google the price match, or we can even add that, include that in the app, the price match to what that standard fix should be. So people like me, who could be swindled for $200 putting air in their tires because they didn't know how much it costs, would know that I'm not getting ripped off, and that I'm going to an auto body that knows how to properly fix my issues. And I can call... And look up ahead of time, like, hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? I have this exact problem. Not bringing my car into the shop, them telling my problem is, and then being like, and then them figuring out 10 other different issues to get money out of me. So it's an app. Yes, it's an app that tells you exactly what is wrong with your car. Instead of the little dash coming up, you have to go into your handbook and then bring it into the auto body. And then they have to evaluate what's wrong with the car. It tells you exactly what the problem is. So when you go to the auto body, you have the exact issue ready on hand to be fixed. And they're not adding on additional features or remedies. And you pretty much just go to the auto body and you get people like they just swindle you for money. And I'm saying people like me who don't know what's wrong with their car. Yes. So it's an app that tells you exactly what is wrong with your car or the problem that needs to be fixed. Yes. All right. Uh, miss, do, do you mind if I call you Liv? Miss DeVette? DeVette? Is that how you pronounce it? Close. Your last Stab- name? Yes. Davit. Miss, miss Davit. Excuse me. Um, being a, a trillionaire that I am owning asteroid mining, um, I wouldn't say I'm the best with pronunciation, but uh, did you did you say that you spent $200 filling up air in your tires? I did not. 
I did it for uh, free, I think. But I'm just I was, saying. I was about that to say, that's to... typically a free thing. I Caroline showed me how to do it. Mm. Without okay. Caroline, shout out Caroline and shout out to her father, who's a full bird colonel that we call Cookie, or she calls Cookie, and therefore I do by extension, who taught her. I like her, cookies. Yeah, who taught me. And I would not have known how to fix the tire pressure mm. in my car. And it was on for two weeks, and I know I could have gotten flat. I don't know. Could have turned into two hundred dollars. All right. Well, I'm going to let Mister uh, Wonderful start this one, just because yeah, you really both have relations. I don't see how this actually fundamentally works. So yeah, you have an app, but where do they get all this programming by vehicle type within each company? So like. Ford's got to provide the troubleshooting procedures within the schematics of what they have for their vehicles to this app. So these programmers need the schematics for every single vehicle within the whole industry of all of your, your daily driving vehicles. And if you don't have that, this app is obsolete. So one thing I'll say is think about it. Like the lights appear on your dashboard. Yes, so light what is signaling? What is the signal that gives it to the dashboard? Clearly, there's an indicator, there's a marker that when you have an issue with your car, it sends it to the dashboard to alert you to know. So I'm just saying, if we could like wire that to a chip and make it like, oh, and create an app that sends like a wireless signal just to the app and it alerts you instead of just displaying on the dashboard. Clearly, there's a yeah. marker for that. Yes. No. I I think. The idea is is beautiful. I really think that idea is great in a world that works. If you could have a chip that you put in your car somewhere, I don't know where the fuck you'd put it, but I guess you got to start from scratch. So starting in 2023 or 2024, you, you, make, you make cars that have chip emplacements in them. But you can't start with cars that have already been made. So starting in 2024, fuck all of you that just bought a nice car, a Tesla, whatever the fuck you bought. We're starting from 2024. Every car has a chip emplacement because this company has bought out all these car companies to let them put a chip in it. And guess what happens to those companies? That fucks a lot of companies up because guess what? Then it becomes lowest bidder. So now all these companies that make profit off of you know, maintenance on cars and vehicles and repair shops. Now they're getting the lowest bidder <laughs> to every job. And I'm all not of a sudden, the lowest bidder. companies are supposed to chip, they're supposed to chip their prices on what they charge for customers. So no one wants to support this app because guess what? I am the app. My name is Chip, Chip, uh, what do you call it? Light Chip Guy. This is my app name. Light That's chip not the guy. name of my app. That's not... What's the name of I the app? I'm curious. What, what is the name of the app? Chip Alert. Chip Alert. I haven't thought I like of that. I'm, I'm open to ideas. Chip Alert. <laughs> Chip Alert is now trying to demand. Damn it, Liv. I was going to say that's a good thing. I'm, I'm flexible them. if you have ideas. Listen, here's the thing. Okay. I'm not saying the lowest John, amount. I'm let, just saying the standard let, value. Let John Cuban please give his, give his thing. Excuse me. Get a little under the weather here. Um, <clears throat> I like it. Here's why. And, and I'm going to, I do agree with Mr. Wonderful. 
that every car maker has their own troubleshooting procedure and different programming to troubleshoot the cars. So you might not be able to like have a universal troubleshooting procedure. But one thing that is really annoying, especially since I'm a guy who's had a lot of car problems, I'm not going to say I'm an expert. I know how to change a tire and do all these other things. I'm not an expert on like the internal stuff with cars, but it's like, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Wonderful schematics. But I think an app that gives you a general diagnostic, which I think is what you're kind of going for. And then it has a price match of, Hey, you have a 2019 Toyota Camry. Your starter needs to get fixed. This is what the average prices to for labor this is the average price to replace the part this is i think that would be very helpful because you go to a mechanic and a lot of them scam you be like oh i'm going to charge you 200 dollars for labor and 300 dollars for ordering a part when it's a part this big that literally like you know what i'm saying it shouldn't cost that much and the people upcharge you and all that stuff they take advantage of i think what that's what you're trying to get to is people taking advantage of people that don't know anything about cars and trying to upcharge them because they're like, oh, we're the mechanics. We can charge it for anything. Oh, by the way, did you know your car needed this, this, and this? So we're going to charge you $1,000 more? Like, That's, the, so that's I, the main part, I think, is that they – so they don't scam you for problems that just ex- don't exist. Exactly. And I'm not saying the lowest bidder. I'm just saying the average dollar amount. This is what you can expect. Yeah. And then it's up to the auto bodies and the auto shops to compete with each other. It's not giving you like a, oh, this is where you are in your area. This is what the auto body price is. It's up to you to figure it out. It just tells you what the issue is. And then you can sell it. You can sell the app to the dealerships or keep a percentage and they can do their own schematics. And then you just say, I have a Ford, whatever. So this is the make, this is the model. Then that's how you go from there. The last thing I'll say on this before we and John and Cuban, that is, give our, our offer is I'll say one going back to the programming part. Like if you get a wrench light on your car, that could mean one through 190,000 things on your car. And I'm being facetious, but like really like one through 575 things wrong with your car. If you get a specific light on your car, on your dashboard. So you get that light. And you're going to say that every single car company is going to provide this chip alert with the schematics. They're going to tell you like, oh, this is what's the wrong, like, this is what is a trending issue with your vehicle based on what the, the thing is. This is what the, the price ranges are based on spots. Okay. Gotcha. That's the hardest part to, to accomplish. Second part that's hard is you go up to a dealership. They're going to tell you what's wrong with the car. They're not going to tell you, you have to, you have to use them and their price. They're going to tell you what it's going to, it's going to run you. They're going to run probably a quote. And if they don't, you should ask. And then they're going to be like, this is what it's going to cost. And then you can call around and ask, Hey, my buddy that used to work on cars 10 years ago, like, Hey, can you fix this? And like, he's like, yeah, well, the parts online are this price. Are you, are you making me an offer or not? I'm just telling you the issues with the business, Miss Davitt. Okay, so right that's now I'm not the say, issues. You're agreeing with what my app is trying to do. My offer is 87% ownership of your company, and I'll give you three thousand dollars down payment. 
Mr. All right. John Keegan. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to give you an offer that you can't refuse. I have made so much money <laughs> from Asteroid Mining <laughs> and my Bulger app that I, I have money just to throw away at this point. But here, here's what I'm going to say. Uh, Miss Davet, 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 Davit, I, you know, <laughs> I, I love the idea because you are helping the helpless. You know, I love the, the purpose of it. Um, you know, I'm going to admit I'm not good with cars. And when I go to a dealership, I, I personally don't want to call 40 different people to see how much it's going to cost. I want the app to tell me this is who you should go to, who have the best deals best review, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and if there is some type of technology that I could plug my phone into the USB and somehow the internal programming can help me learn a little bit more about it, about the problem. <clears throat> I like that. Is it there yet? No, but I think the idea is great. Um, I would obviously have to fund the technology. I would have to obviously help you with distribution Miss Davitt. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take one eighth asteroid though. So. Okay. I will, I will, I will give you one, one sixteenth of my asteroid company. Oh. Um, no, actually, no. Here's what I'm going to do. My asteroid company will take ownership of the operations and distribution of the technology and the app. So like the wiring and the, the plugins and all that. The asteroid mining company will take care of that. All I ask for is 50% of profit and I will give you a brand new 2019 Toyota Camry <laughs> Toyota Camry uh, with that does not have keyless entry because it, they didn't have that yet but I will give it's you a brand, brand new, new it's not brand new I'll give you a brand new 2019 Toyota Camry what do you say Miss Davitt uh, Mr. John Cuban, I think you have a deal. I am now the proud owner of everything. <laughs> All right. Speaking of deals, <laughs> speaking of deals, I think there's something that's not a deal. And we've talked so army. We've talked army and career thought. We've talked transitioning. Me and John are both getting out of the military. So we're both going through that process. CSP packet approved, baby. Stressful. John's got more figured out than me. He's a couple months <laughs> further along, but still, I'm more stressed out than John is for sure. Uh, yeah, facts. Regardless, live. Yes. You're in a different. You're in a different period and stage of your career, especially in the military and the army. You're a lieutenant in the army. You've been in the battalion now. You're a field artillery officer. You've been in the battalion for just about a year, you know, 10 months. Yeah. So, oh, you know, 11.1 months. No, wait. Yeah. Whatever. It's 10 you, get, you get my point. The, uh, what do you, what do you really, uh, have as a opinion so far as the, you know, being a Bravo woman in the battery military. FDO. No, not not being in. No one cares about what a fire direction officer is. To be honest, to be frank, and like, well, I, don't, I don't want to get into that. You know, skepticism and that detail. What do you, what do you want to know? 
my womanly opinion of the military. One for one. What do you, no, not one for one. Your experience in the military throughout your when you were at Temple doing ROTC to when you went to Bullock to when you went to the force commune that you're at in Fort Stewart, Georgia. Um, I think my ROTC experience does not count. I would consider it three days of PT. Predominantly, I had knew virtually nothing coming out of that program. I didn't really challenge myself in terms of doing a little ranger challenge or learning the in-depths of how to do an op word. I kind of, I did well, but I didn't really go in above and beyond on it. I had a difficult major, and so that was my predominant focus. So I would say that ROTC um, was a breeze, and I would almost say that it was more strict than how it is in the real army. Um, there's really just not much to say about ROTC. I I had a normal what, college what life. I was a civil engineer. That's our major. <laughs> Jeez. Um, well, I mean, it was during COVID and everyone cheated. So I, I'm kind of a phony, but it's okay. Yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> I survived. <laughs> Integrity, everybody. Someone <laughs> not lie to your stool or tolerate those who do so. Fuck you, get out of my house. <laughs> Good thing I didn't go to West Point. <laughs> no, um, I would say my experience at Bullock, it was a mixed bag. I had one instructor that was great, and I had the other one that was miserable, but I think that's a good representation of how the Army is. And just any organization across the board, you have people that are awesome and people who make your days better and want to see you succeed, and then you have other people who are a motionless robot that has no social skills mm-hmm. and trying to make your days miserable. Um, so I think it taught me how to be, how to like interact with different people, I guess I would say. I was the first one, I think, to report. So I was the PL of my platoon at Bullock, which was not fun. Uh, but it also taught me how to get a voice. By the end of it, I was kind of not being rude, but I was definitely more assertive. And I was like, in the beginning, I'd be like, hey, can anyone volunteer for this? And by the end, I was like, you, you, come with me. We're, you're doing this. Or like, I would task people yeah. out. And I'd just be like, if you want to volunteer, great. By 1800, I'm going to send out names if I don't get any volunteers for this. So it was like, I definitely learned how to have more of a voice at Bullock. And then I would think, I think coming into the Army, a good lesson that I've learned is, uh, Coming in, I had this idea that, for the most part, women are kind of categorized in two different sections. You either have the pushover or you have the bitch, and you don't really have that middle ground. And I would, in the beginning, I really wanted to find that middle ground and be like, I can sit here comfortably. Um, But I just think it's not, it's a really hard way to balance it. And there's ways to be considerable and like you can be considerate and you can have a balance and a relationship with your soldiers but i think at the end of the day you have to lean more towards that bitch side and i hate to say it but i just think it's true as a woman especially you definitely need to have be more assertive and put your foot down with things and you just like jokes that i would make that a man would make 
is just not appropriate for me to say because this is kind of like across the board but if a woman makes a joke towards a man they kind of take it as flirting and it's not and so um, yeah like i would have people reach out to me and i would reach out back and then later on i was like they're not just like reaching out to me like soldiers would reach out i'm like they're not just being friendly like they're trying to see what I'm what I'm willing to do, and that's just not acceptable. And it yep. took me a minute to realize it, and it kind of Cole helped me throughout that process. And he's like, "Listen, you know, like just kind of gave it to me straight." But I think you definitely need to be more assertive, and you need to be extremely professional as a woman. I would say is the biggest thing in the army. You need to be more professional than the man is. And I think in the beginning, I struggled with that. And I would make more jokes and I would do things that I would with friends or other women or other men. And it's just not, you gotta like have that barrier and be more monotone and kind of a bitch. I would say one thing on that. So when you talk, like I completely agree with when you first stated in the catch and release about how you, as, as a female, you come in getting less respect in a certain position just from not knowing someone, if you have person A, person B, and you're a soldier and they both show up and you don't know anything about either of them and they both look like fit, average human beings, like one doesn't, neither of them look fat or neither of them look like fucking depressing human idiots. Like they both show up like normal human beings, one's a male, one's a female. The male is going to, it's going to be easier for them to gain respect. I think in the situation we're at now, and we hate that. I think that's what we're trying to shift as a culture in the military. Uh, but I agree with what Liv said in that situation um, and how we get there. I think it's just a continued, and I don't think it's a force. It's not forcing, you know, a, you know, yeah. like <clears throat> advantage think- and pushing like females to join. Like, I, don't, I think it's just like, it's a culture shift in terms of keep the good leaders that respect people for hard work and what they do for the fucking soldiers and leaders as who they are. Keep those guys in the military and push to keep those guys in and girl. When I say guys, I mean, everyone, that's the issue with the military, everyone. And then as you get out, like force those fuckers that have the old school mentality, get those motherfuckers out of their army, get them out of the military. Um, but what, one thing I'll say about with like the, you're either a bitch or you're a pushover and you're trying to find the middle ground. The thing is you just got to be yourself. And, and yep. when you're yourself, professionalism is the, the utmost importance when you're around your soldiers. That's for, for a fact. And I know, you know, that all of us know that the thing that I hate is when someone thinks they have to be a certain way because of the clock, like, I think that's the biggest stigma in the military is if as a leader in the military, you insert yourself into a unit and you have to be a certain way based on the past. Like you have, there's a precipice on where you have to be as a leader because of what happened in the past. You have to be yourself. And if that's not good, it's like, it's like a inserting a new starting quarterback into a franchise. And that sounds so fucking stupid, but that's the I would, I would say the only like I, I I agree. Like it's I, you know I I you know think the same way in the sense that yeah, be yourself. It's gonna work. Blah blah blah. Everyone has a different leadership philosophy. You can't use the same leadership philosophy for every single soldier. But at the same time, it is hard to speak from you know a female 
in the military, like their point of view, because like it is still a stigma. I was even just talking about this with my boss. <clears throat> he's a you know for those of you who haven't listened or don't know, he's an SES two. He's a colonel in the army. Now he's a two star general equivalent on the civilian side, and he's in charge of hiring actions. And one of his sections beneath him, they had these four people they interviewed. They recommended one, and it was three guys and one girl. The girl, the female, she obliterated on all the scores and all that stuff, <clears throat> like just complete stud. But they chose the guy, and they sent him up to my boss. That's why I stayed at work late tonight was because he actually was, like, fighting to be like, this doesn't make any sense. Why is she not in the position? And like, oh, well, because they literally said – like, oh, well, our section's mostly guys, so it wouldn't be a good fit. And my boss immediately was like, okay, like, you can't do that. We're trying to change this. And it starts with the, you know, the military. It starts with the government. It starts with, like, because we are him. supposed to be a reflection of society. And if society's, you know, moving in a better direction with that, I think the Army still does have a lot of older traditional leaders that still aren't accepting of, like, hey, being in the army is not about being like, you know, this traditional war fighter, like whatever you want. I don't know how you want to describe it, whatever the traditional army was, <clears throat> but you do, we do have to push for like man, woman, race, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's like, if you score better, if you do better in these positions, you get that position and they should deserve the same respect, no matter what, like yeah. it should be about I... performance and yeah. I completely yeah. agree. I think I think the thing is too on the other side of that is that if it's a man and he's doing it better and he does like a better job and he scores better and you're just trying to get a woman in there for diversity purposes, that's also yeah. wrong. Yeah. It should be yep. merit based and should be based off of who performs the best. Um, but I don't think that's without to say like you should still consider or just like going in like you should still get give the same respect to both parties. But yeah. that's great that your boss said that and that's admirable oh, yeah. and a great quality that he like recognized that. It was like, no. He, he brought like, it all the way up to the... So who gives a fuck? Yeah, to Cole's he, point, he brought it all. Yeah. To Cole's point <laughs> though, I would say I, I kind of disagree with that. I think it's good to show personality. I think I'm more crass and I am sarcastic and I like to make jokes and stuff. And I think that I definitely have to mute my personality a little bit to yeah. be more uh, professional, especially being a female. I have to like limit the amount of jokes that I make as a, yeah. like compared to my other like male counterparts. Um, and I think I try to get to know my soldiers, but also just kind of limit what I say um, in case it's like taken the wrong way. Because with a man, with another man, I don't think jokes are ever taken as like, oh, they're flirting with me or whatever. But I think with a woman, it can be. And uh, I'm like sarcastic and I like to kind of poke fun at people, which I just would with anyone. But if it's a guy, they're like, oh. you know what I mean? But that's kind of like, yeah, across the go board. ahead. Yeah, John, I would just say like, it's a unique situation I'm in because I get to like witness like things that live will come up on the net. Should be like, hey, like this just, this person just said, like this soldier blank. And I'm not saying name, but like this, for example, xy said this to me and i'll be like okay that's like that's normal like i've had soldiers like they'll say that to me you know what i mean but then she'll be like this person just said this to me and i'll be like that's 100 that's 100 yeah. percent like that's a yeah. different that's not professional like that's weird facts 
you need to address that and put them in their place. And like, she's done that to her credit every single time she's called, you know, strikes and balls and, you know, played a great, you know, she's been reffing well. And like, you know, as a umpire, she's been like, that's a no go or that's a go. And so, yeah, I think it's just a situation where they need to be extra, you know, particular. Well, it's also different because the army's still divided, whereas combat arms is still mostly like, what, 80% men, or I don't know the exact statistics, so don't test me, but all I know is that combat arms is still mostly, a lot more mostly, you know, men, whereas, you know, I'm, I'm a part of logistics, where there's a very, like, much higher uh, female ratio to men ratio, not not higher than men, but like, there's a higher, there's less of a gap between the two, and like, non-combat arms groups. So, like, I think it also depends on the department, like, the the branch you are in the Army, the department, like, you know, right now, combat arms, like, when I was, when I was enlisted, I was a part of an all-male unit. Like, infantry at the time, females cannot be in the infantry. So, I was surrounded by males and, you know, all that, like, my whole entire career, which, you know, three or four years until I went to West Point. But, like, I learned real quick when I got to West Point that it's, you know, the Army's just not you know, masculinity, you can't make the same, you know, it, it took me a learning curve because, you know, you get absorbed in the culture a little bit, <clears throat> but you can't make the same jokes. You know, we're not going to be able to understand, like, you know, we might be able to say something to a soldier, but if it like a female were to say it, that will get that soldier a certain type of way or blah, 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 or vice versa. And like, there's so many factors to take into play, especially in the combat arms. I think, I think there's still more divisiveness in combat arms than yes. the other branches, but it's there's still a lot of work the army has to do to include women without forcing it like we've been saying and to make it an even like playing field as far as respect man woman no matter what this person in the position you respect them doesn't matter like that's how it should be you know speaking of speaking of how it should be (laughs) good great the best transition I, I just want to say one last point, and I'll make it. I have three percent of my fo- on my battery of my. Okay, I'll make it. So, I'll make it two okay. seconds. I would just like to say though that I do think there are a lot of men who have made me feel comfortable and who also respect me, and yes. it's not just a one-sided coin. There's many people out there who are very open-minded. It just it's about weeding out the bad seeds. Yeah, it's ninety-eight percent and two percent. Yeah, we were just talking about one side. Obviously, there's you know both sides of the coin. There's good and there's bad, but we're pointing yes. out the bad and what needs to be fixed. Yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously, also- I don't think the Army's terrible. Like, there's still a lot of good things. We're moving in a good direction. There's just still more things that can be fixed. Yeah. yeah. I've had a lot of positive experiences. Some bad ones, mostly positive. Cole, I'm yeah. sorry to cut off your transition. Go ahead. All right. Speaking of speaking of uh, hmm. experiences, shall we go to the fun facts provided by Johnny I and Liv? Sure. I have right, two Liv, fun Liv, go first. Let's I have two out. fun facts, so I'd like to do – can I do one and then John does one and then I No, do out? both and then John goes. <laughs> okay. All right. So my one fun fact, Cole, I don't know if you know this, but there are built-in heaters below the grass at Lambeau Field that keep the roots at 55 degrees to prevent the playing surface from freezing. And I have a feeling this is due obviously. to the fact that the coldest game – on record in Green Bay, known as the Ice Bowl, Ice Bowl. played on yes, December 31st. We, Can you let me finish? We, this is a fun fact. 1967, when the temperature was minus 13 degrees. 
live. I've known that before I actually knew how to speak English. John, so. did you know that? Did you know I did that, not John? know that. Okay. okay. I so think that's fun. What's your second one? What's your second one? You didn't one? know that. Okay, here's my other fun fact. I'm the judge, though, so I... Okay. My thing... 2% battery. Come on, please. <laughs> okay, did you know the Clurichon is a, tup- is a troublesome cousin of the Leprechaun, which is a mischievous fairy in Irish folklore? Known for his great love of drinking and a tendency to hunt breweries, pubs, and wine cellars. And we have invited him on our next bar crawl in Savannah. If Cole gave you that fun fact, I swear. No, I gave him the leprechaun fun fact, like, at the very start. That was my fun fact. What you just said sounded like a Cole fun fact, so that's why I'm saying Cole probably gave you that fun fact. All right, John, let's hear it. All right. I got a little bit of Boston facts for you because that's going to be my future home. (laughs) There was, okay. I'm going to be quick. Uh Oh, is is he dead? He's coming up here. (laughs) (laughs) Go. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. All right. Hold up. My phone, my, my... Look at your face. <laughs> All right. All right, move. <laughs> this is actually hilarious. Did you know that there was no Christmas in Boston between 1659 and 1681? The Pilgrims believed it was a corrupt holiday and banned any celebrations during that time period. Fun fact. There's no Christmas? You said Christmas? There was no Christmas between 1659 and 1681. When was Jesus fun fact. Born? I'm just, I'm just kidding. Born <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right, but this one's actually a pretty interesting fun fact. Did you know that there are no happy hours at bars in Boston? What? Bars in Boston do not fact. allow... Fun fact. <clears throat> they do not allow happy hours. Because it's pretty sad. I'm, I'm going to say it. It's against the law since 1984 when a drunk driver killed 20-year-old Kathleen Berry. But there's no happy hours in Boston because of that incident. Interesting Was fact. Happy hour? Huh? Um, That's not funny, but... The fun fact goes to John. Fuck you. Are you kidding me? Why? Because I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's interesting. You didn't know about the Clarichons either. I didn't want to know where the cold ponds. <laughs> John, right, so cool. you know Since, only uh, fun fact. The leprechaun fun fact that there are no female leprechauns. So speaking of leprechauns. We're so so since, it's, since you're both together, do you both want to close out this episode for us? Yeah. So we started out talking about John's sickness coming from the dead. Shout out. Yeah. And then we to our unzip the sip, pumpkin ale. Not pumpkin, but pumpkin. And John gave it a, I want to say 7.8. Cole gave it an 8.5. And then we went to the catch and release, which is Olivia Lillian Davitt. And then she survived. We went to football, which we talked about our quarter one progress report for the NFL 2023 season. 
which teams sucked, which teams were good. Shout out Mac Jones. And then we went to Butter Bar Bite of the Week. Found out that Liv has a wholesome meal with her pepperoni pizza and cookies and cream ice cream. No, it was it was the wings. No, that was your yours was, was it? pepperoni pizza and ice cream, and then oh, mine yeah, was mine was yeah. wings and pistachios and whatever the fuck. And then John about cooked ramen. <laughs> John, what did you say you loved? It was fucking uh, tacos. 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 Yeah, because tacos is everything inside now. <laughs> All is the whole smorgasbord. I've never went into Dark Bank and we talked about probably idea of chip alert. Not not something we we really interested in, but John offered fifty percent of ownership and to run the operations and production. And she picked John and a free Cuban. Toyota Camry and a free Toyota Camry. So John Cuban won that deal, and then from there. We talked about army and career transition, and from there we talked fun fact. And John Ardale finally won a fun fact. So, shout Yeesh. out. All right, we didn't meet the intent of forty-five minutes or seventy-five minutes on this job. No, we did not. But to, to everybody out there, we promise that we'll eventually get to seventy-five minutes. But you know, just want to say good night. Love you guys. Episode 12. Done. America. Peace. Bro, Liv's battery's about to die too. What, what is your battery? <laughs> <laughs>